Hey everyone, welcome to Good With Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, we're going to be talking about how to turn your envy into energy. Now, I'm not sitting here pointing fingers at you and telling you you're an envious person. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't, maybe you don't know yet. But as a society and as human beings, we do tend to compare and contrast ourselves with others, which is a very natural tendency. It is not necessarily something that you need to be trying to pull away from indefinitely. However, it's something that you do need to learn how to regulate. But what you can also do is learn how to take those thoughts that you have about your comparisons with other people and use them differently. Because how we normally use them in a typically negative, put somebody else down kind of way is not very productive. It only is somewhat settling for us because we can then justify in our minds why they are where they are. It's because they're a bad person in some sort of way. And it helps us be able to be calmer with the idea that we're not there either, or we're not there yet, or whatever. Whatever, they're, whatever they've achieved, whatever their current outcome is, we can justify it somehow. And a lot of times, we justify it negatively through envy. Now, envy can be used, like I said, a couple of different ways. That's the main way that we use it. But before we jump down that rabbit hole a little more, let's talk about the two psychological factors that underlie envy. Number one, of course, is comparison. What we're doing whenever we're comparing ourselves to other people is we're trying to figure out where we are. Like, where are we in this, like, social realm? Are we as far along as we should be? Are we behind? Are we somewhere in the middle? Like, where are we in this whole thing we call society? So by comparing, we then build a story in our heads about ourselves and about other people. At the same time, the other psychological factor is competition. Through competition, you strive to improve yourself so that you can prove your station in life. You strive to make yourself better so that you can then potentially get to where these other people that you're comparing yourself to, uh, you can potentially get to where they are. Now, again, both comparison and competition can be used in a bunch of different ways. Competition and comparison both usually have a negative connotation to them. Usually, when we talk about competition, we're talking about beating the competition and killing the competition and uh, putting them in the dirt and so on and so forth. And of course, also, when we talk about competition, we talk about how we can feel bad about ourselves whenever we compete or whenever we don't achieve the way that we want to achieve. So with all these negative connotations with competition, we don't tend to think about it that much or we don't tend to strive to compete all that much, which is ironic considering what we're trying to do in life is trying to improve ourselves, trying to improve our station in life, trying to help improve those around us, and hopefully potentially trying to improve society as a whole. Now, ironically, the com comparison and competition, which are both psychological factors of envy, they're also psycholog psychological factors of progress. Whenever you want to do something in your life, whenever you want to better yourself in some way, 
A lot of times it's because you looked at somebody else or another group of people or someone or some business or some category of something and you said, I want to be like that. You looked at it and you went, I want to be able to get to X. I want to be able to lose 20 pounds because you see people around you and how they are 20 pounds less than you. Or I want to be able to run a under a four-hour marathon because you went and ran a four-hour, you went and ran a marathon and you didn't get to where you wanted to go because there were a hundred people that beat you. So you need to beat all of those people. So what you're doing is naturally comparing yourself to people and you're wanting to progress yourself. And that's a big part of progress. That's a big part of trying to achieve more. That's a big tr part of trying to succeed in life. So again, you can use these things in a couple of different ways. And it's up to you to decide how you want to do that. Now, we're going to talk about what that looks like, how to actually take envy and put it into or create energy out of it instead of use it for, I don't know, selfish and not productive reasons. So that's what we'll talk about at the end of this. But first, let's dig a little deeper into where envy comes from and why we compare ourselves to people the way that we do. So like I said, like comparing ourselves and competing with others has, it's a natural human tendency. It's something that we have done since the beginning of human time. And we are trying to pull ourselves away from that, but it's just something that's there. The problem is in the society that we live in, we have tended to lean more toward using it in a not pro-social less impactful, more selfish way. Instead of the potentially very pro-social, very helpful, and very community-oriented, and at the same time, self-interest-oriented way. So there are particular brain regions that we use to compare and contrast ourselves to others. The psychological name for this for comparing ourselves to others and then gauging our uh, relativeness as compared to where they are in life is called reward valuation. So based on where that person is and what that person has achieved, given what we assume are their actions in life, we gauge whether or not that's quote unquote fair, I guess. So we put a gauge on that and we look at that and we decide subjectively if we think that that's fair. This happens in a couple of regions in the brain. First, the prefrontal cortex. This is something that we've talked about a lot over the course of our time together because it has so much to do with our thinking and with our decision-making and with just our general function in life. The medial prefrontal cortex specifically is what helps signal that engagement with the idea of comparing ourselves to people. We see somebody else and our prefrontal cortex turns on and we go, oh, I see where that person is and I see where I am and I start the comparison. The step after that is kind of based on what you tend to think about those kinds of situations. If, for instance, I'm sorry, I'm reading my notes because I'm, this is not truly fresh in my brain and it's somewhat new to me, so if I'm stumbling a little bit, please be patient. Um, 
For instance, if your subjective value or your subjective belief is that you ended out better or you are better, quote, better is not the right way to put it, but you are at a higher station in life than the person that you're comparing yourself to and that you have more, quote, rewards than the person that you're comparing yourself to, the area of the brain that is activated is called the ventral striatum. On the other end of that is the amygdala. The amygdala is activated whenever we are in fight or flight mode. It is generally one of the oldest parts of the brain that's been around for a very long time, and it is activated when we think we are valued less than other people. So in other words, if you look at somebody and you think that you are less than them because of whatever they have accomplished or whatever they look like or, you know, whatever other things that you're comparing yourself to or about. If you think you're less than them, then the amygdala, the amygdala is then activated. So what's interesting is what happens after that. So here's where you either go into envy or you go into a productive path where you can then use that for something else. And there are two different pathways. Actually, it's the same pathway, just kind of in reverse where the amygdala then talks with another part of the brain called, called the anterior cingulate cortex, the ACC, anterior cingulate, cingulate cortex, or the ACC talks to the amygdala. So depending on what direction that conversation is going will depend on kind of what you do next. Well, let me say based on what you do next. So if the amygdala talks to the ACC, you are then moving into pro-social action. In other words, you're doing something positive with your energy instead of doing something selfish with your energy. If it then happens the other way, if the ACC is talking to the amygdala, then you are doing something more selfish. You're going to put that, you're putting that person down, you're justifying whatever reason that they, they are where they are and you are where you are. You're doing something that's not useful, not helpful, that's generally more selfish in nature than it is more productive in nature. So what dictates how this happens? Which direction that pathway goes? Well, it's very simple. We talked about this idea, again, numerous times throughout our conversations together. There is a substance called myelin that covers neurons in the body. Myelin the more often you do an action or think something or uh, perform a behavior or habit, there are neuro neurological connections that have to happen. And it's the same neuro neurological net connection for the same habits or behaviors. So for instance, me bending my finger like this, there is one particular neurological, neurological connection that happens in order for that to happen. And the more often I do it, the more connected it becomes. And it becomes connected because the substance called myelin is literally layering on the connection. It's literally making it more robust by layering on this fatty substance called myelin. Again, you can think of it as layering on paint on a wall. The more layers you put on, the brighter it's going to be. With myelin, the more myelin layers you put onto a neurological connection, the more effective the connection is, the more efficient the connection is, and the less likely the signal will get lost. That's with any 
thought, habit, or behavior. Any thought, any thought, habit, or behavior. So going back to what we're talking about, if you generally use envy in a selfish way, that is your neurological habit, if you will. That's your neurological regular behavior. I see somebody that's got more money than me, and I think they have to be a, I don't know, whatever the stereotypical thing is to think of a person who has money. They are a bad person. They're egotistical. They're selfish, whatever. And that connection in your brain then becomes hardwired. On the other end of that, if you are, if you see somebody who's fitter than you and you say, well, I'm going to use that and I'm going to go start to do my own exercise. I'm going to go start to do my own thing. That wiring is, it then becomes the pathway that you go after. So you have to understand that every action, every behavior, everything that you do in life has a wiring. And that wiring is literally based on how often you do it, based on how regularly you do it, is either thick, thickly myelinated or thinly myelinated. If it's thick, then it's going to be the one that you do most likely. If it's thin, then it's more likely going to lose connection and you're literally, it's, it's just less likely that you do it. So, how then do you move from envy to energy? Well, there's three simple steps moving from envy to energy. Step number one is being aware that what is happening is happening. It's being aware that you are feeling an envious thought and recognizing that you're feeling an envious thought. And also recognizing that it's okay that you're feeling an envious thought because that, again, is human nature. Now, you can work to dissipate that to a degree, but again, you want to be able to use that. If you feel that, that means potentially it's important to you to, potent to get to whatever that person's doing as well. Potentially, which is okay. Like, if you see somebody who has more money than you, and your initial reaction is envy, maybe it's just because you want some more money. Now, that doesn't make you a selfish person because you can do a lot of good things with money. You can help a lot of people with money. Like, that's okay. On the other end of that, with health and fitness, if you see somebody walking around with their shirt off in a six-pack and you feel a bit of envy, maybe that just means you want to be able to walk around with your shirt off in a six-pack. And again, that doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you an egotistical person. That doesn't make you a selfish person. It just means that you want to feel good about yourself. Why is that a bad thing? So realize and be aware when you feel those envious thoughts. Be aware of it. And envious thoughts come in a lot of different shapes and forms, which is important. But a lot of them are typically negative in nature and they're justifying in nature. Meaning, when you see it, you think something negative about the person, or you're justifying why they are where they are, or why you are where you are. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just busy, and I can't, you know, I don't have enough time to do X, Y, Z to get to that. 
which may be true, which may be true, but then you have to decide what to do about it. So number one is awareness. And it's recognizing that there's a chance that the feeling that you have with comparing yourself to people around you, the feeling that you have is because you, you maybe want that thing as well. And remembering that it's not a bad thing if you want to achieve something greater, if you want to be something greater in life. It's, it's not, again, it's not about e being ego, ego, egotistical. It's not about being this selfishly driven person. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the very top need in Maslow's hierarchy of needs is self-transcendence, which literally means working to help others. Like that's at the top. So if you're getting yourself in the greatest shape of your life, you can then help more people. If you're getting yourself in the greatest financial shape of your life, you can then help more people. That it's, that's not selfish. I would argue, actually, it's selfish to do the opposite. But that's a conversation for another day. So first, recognize. Be aware that the envious thought is happening. Be aware that the comparison is happening. Next, ask yourself a couple of questions. Number one, if it's an envious thought and a negative envious thought, like that person is egotistical, ask yourself, is it true? If you've never met the person, you know the answer. You don't know. You can only make an assumption based on how they look, how they're moving. Maybe you've seen some communication. But outside of that, you don't know. You just have no clue. Uh, if it's a justifying statement, such as, well, I, I'm not where they are because I'm too busy or because I've had XYZ going on or because whatever, whatever other justification, again, ask yourself, is that true? And be real with yourself. And if the answer is yes, then ask yourself, what am I going to do about it? Because anybody that you see that has achieved something different than where you are, more than where you are, has done the same thing. They've had to overcome schedule changes, disruptions in life, things going awry, all of that. They've had to overcome every single bit of that as well. So you just have to decide if you want to go and figure out how to overcome those things also. You can now if you want to. If you don't, do it later. Try it later. But it's up to you. So you also have to recognize that, again, most envy is based on our own unwillingness to do what is necessary to achieve what we're trying to, what we say we want to achieve. Because you're not envious of something that you don't care about. Like that's just, it's generally not the case. Like if I see a good basketball player, who's a good basketball player right now? Jonna? Any help? <laughs> this is terrible. LeBron James, he's still playing basketball, isn't he? Yeah, 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 she says. Um, LeBron James. If I watch LeBron James play basketball, I'm not envious of him because I could care less about being a good basketball player. Don't care. Could care less. Don't care. However, 
if I see LeBron James, say, bench pressing 315 pounds, which I used to be able to do at some point in my life, I might be a little envious because I can't do that right now. I can't do that right now. But if I'm envious, that means that I'm also not willing to currently do what's necessary to actually make it happen. Because I can make it happen, but I'm just not ready to put in that kind of effort. So recognizing that you're typically, when you're comparing yourself to others or when you're envious of others, that that comparison is mostly because it's potentially something that you actually want to move toward. It's something that you actually want to achieve. It's something that you actually want to be greater at. That's important. Because when we overlook that, when we pretend like that's not the case, we're only doing ourselves harm. We're not doing them any harm. They, they don't know any different. We're only doing ourselves harm. We're only holding ourselves back whenever we're justifying or coming up with some other rationale why they are where they are and why I'm not. Okay, last thing, once you've become aware, once you've asked questions and realized that envy is really just usually something that we want, we actually want to achieve in life and we're just not willing to put action into it yet, number three, take that energy because all envy is and all any emotion is, is pent up energy. Take that energy and then choose to put it into action. Turn it inward on yourself. Look at yourself. Look in the mirror if you need to. David Goggins would call it the accountability mirror. Look in the mirror and say, am I willing to put in the effort to actually move toward this thing? To actually go at this? That's all that emotions and feelings really are is just pent up energy. And if you take it and you shift it and you turn it on its back and you actually use it to move yourself forward, you might be surprised at what actually happens. You might be surprised that you start to make progress toward that goal, that you start to make progress toward that achievement. You start to make progress toward that higher level of you that you've just been visualizing in your mind all along and you've been wishing to be all along. So use that energy. Use that to then become something different, to then create something different for yourself. Don't just push it aside. Don't just ignore it. And especially, especially, don't tell yourself that it's useless and you can't use it. It's very useful. You should use it. And use it to then become a better version of yourself. That's how you take envy and you turn it into energy. It's Again, it is okay to have feelings of envy. It's okay to have feelings of comparison. It's, It's okay. Human nature, that's what happens. The question is, what do you do with it? The question is, are you willing to do something about it? If you aren't yet, that's okay. If you are, use the energy to then go do it, to then take action. It's only, it is only in taking action that you will start to move toward the thing. And when we go back to the idea of myelin and creating circuits and behaviors and making those connections as strong as possible, there's two things. If you put a lot of emotion to it, that connection will happen much faster. And then the more often you do it, the more efficient and effective that connection becomes.
So use that energy. Don't let it go to waste. Don't let it dissipate. Use that energy to create something good, to create something more, to create a better version of yourself. Okay? That is how we take energy, take envy, and turn it into energy. And that's all I have for you. Make sure that you hit subscribe if you have not yet. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.